Hello and welcome to Films and Swear and I'm your host Stuart Sutherland and joining me across the internet tonight is Tom KW from Podcast on Fire. Hello everybody mm-hmm. in the house. <laughs> One of the main men who filled in my seat after I, I took my break many many years ago. From the old podcast and Fire Network. Oh man, it's a big seat. I, I, I haven't filled that, man. I'm one, I'm one of many cheeks to uh, <laughs> embrace that seat. There's a lot better cheeks than me, but I've, uh, yeah, I've tried to do my bit. Mm-hmm. And you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was you know, expecting Ken needed that. a job while he was in prison, do you know what I mean? Like he needed mm-hmm. uh, some extracurricular activities, so he's, uh, you know, he's, he's been doing okay. Just, just helping him out, really. Mm-hmm. The people of Sweden, I'm helping out. And tonight we are covering Benny Chan's Call of Heroes from 2016. For the people that have not seen Call of Heroes, I just want you to wait a second, think about it. And I, that's probably enough time for you to have remembered, have I seen Call of Heroes already? (laughs) If no, stop what you're doing, hop on Netflix, or help, get on Amazon and get your eyes around this one. Uh, Because we're going to spoil it. Uh, fuck, I, I put far too many W's in my spoiler warning. It's got to be a great cunt to say. Uh, <laughs> we're going to find out why you shouldn't wake a wanderer whilst in the middle of a food coma. And uh, who guys, we, straight we up... Iteration on this show. I know. And, we don't fuck around. <laughs> giving the people what they want. And more or less, who straight up gets fucking boned in this film? I didn't watch that film. You watched watch something else? I'm getting confused. We're talking about chicken legs, son. Oh, right. okay. My trip to, trip to the colonel that you had that was uh, <laughs> impressive, yeah? <laughs> uh, so you folk at home have been warned. And if I need to warn you again, I'm going to be phoning the police. If you haven't seen it. <laughs> All right. Now that you've gotten to this point in the podcast, you've you've clearly decided, right, I've seen Call Heroes. I could put up with what you're about to say. Or, I'm one of these ruthless cunts that, fuck it, I want to hear about this cunt getting boned. Tell me about it. Go on. It's just sympathy, man. That's why they're staying around. Ah. <laughs> We're not going to get anything out of it. It's just sympathy. Well, Call of Heroes is from director Benny Chan. Now, this is probably his most up-to-date film, but beforehand he has got quite the fucking uh, filmography of, of movies. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I do like I do like the Benny. Um, I know there's some people who uh, are not big fans, but he just you know, man, he, he brings it. He brings the thunder. You know, he brings the kind of solid, fun popcorn action cinema. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm always looking to see kind of what's out and what he's doing and uh, what he's being released um, from him. You you know you're gonna have a fun time. A lot of time you can just switch off your brain and yeah. uh, enjoy. Ah, it was, he's he's definitely got quite a few big action movies behind him. Uh, but the one mm. we're going to talk about today stars Sean Lau, Louis Koo, Eddie Peng, Yun Kwan, and of course, Wu Jing. Yeah, that's, that's an impressive lineup with the action direction by Sammo Hung, the one and only. Exactly. Quite excited when that pops up on the screen. This is actually called The Deadly Reclaim. Aye, um, I heard something about this. Alternately. Aye, and then they decide to rename it after like a mobile phone game. Like Call of Heroes. <laughs> Do you think that was the thinking? I think again, when I've just seen that, like, Cine Asia came back from the dead and they're releasing Call of Heroes. And it's like, man, has Jackie Chan made a mobile phone game? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Because it just screams like that fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking whatever it sounds like, just a generic fucking shooter mobile phone game. Click three moves, now pay a fiver for three more moves. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Jesus, that's... Uh, this title yeah, sounds really generic. It just and, sounds one of them kids kids racking up like £3,000 worth of... <laughs> £3,000 in the iTunes store. Exactly. Their parents Buying fucking, fucking lollipops bill. and hammers for their game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's one of them, man. It seems. Mm-hmm. And I mean, nothing about that. <laughs> when it nothing about that shit. Exactly. <laughs> when we got to like Christmas here, like the the podcast on fire Christmas special that that Ken throws every year. 
and people were sort of talking of like their their top films that year. Quite a few of them were mentioning Call of Heroes, and that that was to the point where it's like shit. Maybe that isn't just a really shitty mobile phone game. Maybe this is actually something worth watching. <laughs> yeah, after this, after the third person said it was a film, you were kind of thinking this might be a film. Aye, this might not. It'll just be a mobile game. <laughs> it might be an actual film. I mean, seeing as they mentioned it in the best films of the year, a bit weird. <laughs> Aye, it's it's funny. People are saying it's good. I, I I'm going to see this for myself. And then lo and behold, like weeks later, this was when Cine Asia said, "Right, we're releasing it in say maybe February." And it's like, Christ, it must be getting like some fucking traction if people are saying it's good. Now it's getting an international release. Like, yeah, this is yeah. surprising. I can see you just in like getting on the app store afterwards trying to find it, thinking, where the fuck is this? Like, I can't, I can't seem to find it anywhere. Like, I know, I installed about on Google 12 Play, like, games <laughs> and none of them was this fucking film. <laughs> <laughs> so I did like what any normal man would. I went on to easternfilmfans.com and entered their Cine Asia competition. Nice. And nice, nice plug as well. I know, I think more or less all they asked for like, was just name a, a Benny Chan film because nowadays it's like getting blood out of stone when you get people to enter a competition if they have to do more than like and share a post. Oh, it's too yeah, much effort man. for someone. i got to do what? i got to put my email address in? No, fuck that. That's too much work. I'm, I'm not giving my details to the internet. That's it. A mm. click, that's all you get in. Aye. So, I ended up fucking winning that competition, funnily enough. I think it was my three-paragraph essay on uh, Robin B. Hood that really, really... Uh... <coughs> rigged. <coughs> rigged. It was rigged. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably fucking shocked the poor cunt reading email. Like, somebody voted Robin B. Hood? I've got to get it to him. <laughs> we need to, like, enlighten this boy. Like, if he thinks <laughs> Jackie Chan reviving a toddler with a car battery... It's entertainment. <laughs> I love Robin Hood. Forget that. <laughs> <laughs> we need to open his eyes. Um, okay, so for our audience at home that have dared come this far, ignoring our spoiler warning, Tom, go and give them a nutshell plot of Call of Heroes. A nutshell plot or a nutshot plot? <laughs> Which one? Let's keep it in the shell. Keep it in the shell, yeah. You want a, a shell plot. Um, basically, what happens is it's a bit from the vibes that I was getting, really, bit kind of like a spaghetti western kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the, our main man Sean Lau, okay, last week one plays a defender um, of a small town, like a sheriff, yes. if you will. Um, and what happens is that there's a uh, kind of a group. I think it's set during the kind of Qing Dynasty. Um, there's a bad motherfucker played by Louis Ku who comes in, tries to fuck up the town. They take him captive, uh, and then basically um, your boy Wu Jing tries to come back, rescue him. There's some kind of political situation where mm-hmm. they're not going to release him. They're trying to kind of barter with his release. What's going to happen? He does some more bad shit. Uh, and basically culminates in this kind of battle within the town um, with a lot of action, a lot of pots getting smashed. Um, so many pots. <laughs> a lot of bullets getting hit with swords, which is, was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, yeah, a lot of explosions and a lot of people getting fucked up and quite bloody and violent for a Benny Jam film, mm-hmm. I thought. It's probably one of his kind of most violent and most serious kind of films. Um, and a lot of time, a lot of humour sneaks into his films, but some films a lot, some films a little. With this, it was very straight, very forward. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of action film almost felt to me like, say, Shaw Brothers meets Spaghetti Western kind of situation. Aye. Really cool, really cool mix. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going off plot now into a <laughs> so I'll pass it over to you, man. Aye, that's fine. A really mad first uh, bullet point to my discussion notes is just the sentence, a proper Chinese Western. Oh, there we go. On the same, uh, reading from the same hymn sheet there, man. 
That's it. It's just for me, it was like the music, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, that was kind of big, Wait, when it's a not a heavy thing. metal rap. <laughs> oh no! What were you, were you watching? Play Story Three again? <laughs> well, that's, I know it's like the opening credits and ending credits seem to have had like a very upbeat, and at the end, a fucking heavy metal soundtrack. It's pretty good, man. It's yeah, like, nice little mix. I thought. I don't know, I'm not sure if Eddie Peng was going down the hill with a like a pair of beat speakers synced to his mobile phone, <laughs> but I was like, probably, yeah. Hmm. He's, Peng's one of those annoying bastards that sits at the back of the bus, like playing music on his phone really Aye. quietly. Oh, I like I my earphones. He's one of them dodging the yeah, dodging the fair. He hasn't paid. He's got yesterday's day saver. He's sitting on the back of the bus, <laughs> you know, just annoying everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, man, it was a bit of a kind of a strange intro and outro, I suppose. But I enjoyed it. I think it was a good mix. But the main kind of soundtrack um, by Wong Kim Wai, um, yeah, definitely got some uh, Ennio Morricone kind of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. throwback, um, throwback cues kind of here and there. Uh, not anything, not Tarantino esque, like yeah. you know, ripping kind of whole and um, putting kind of whole portions of songs in there mm-hmm. set to the film, but set to kind of certain moments, but definitely kind of like a homage, I would say. Um, definitely. But it was that, just the kind of cinematography, man. I mean, the like kind of the sunsets and the, mm-hmm. the kind of big open landscapes um, and the kind of desolation. Uh, you know, certain moments that I kind of felt like, like within the landscape and some of the cinematography, which I got to say, it looks beautiful. Like I saw this, you know, I saw this bad boy in HD, and it, it it looks like a fucking National Geographic documentary. Points <laughs> like some of the shots of the hills and and the sky and the weather, just really, really good looking. Um, no. but yeah, I, mean, I think it, it pulls it off like with quite. You know the performances from the cast, quite you know mm-hmm. stoic performances. I suppose uh, Eddie Peng uh, playing Ma Fung or Monkey King. Um, mm-hmm. he, you know he's a bit more kind of looser, a bit more funny, kind of a bit more silly. His opening yes. fight, by the way, is is really really good. Like I think you kind of know straight away you're in for a good time. You know Samo's there. Um, you know working behind the scenes because action is just like boom. Like mm-hmm. you feel it straight away. Um, and he's kind of a bit of the comedic relief, but he. You know, like most of the cast, quite stoic, quite serious. Get some kind of good dramatic moments. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the whole overall thing I took from it was it was very mature film from um from Benny Chan. So you could he's definitely come leaps and bounds. Um, the last few years, you know, within his filmography. Mm-hmm. But it's it's good that you know that I think it's great that a lot of directors, a lot of actors as well, get that time to mature and, and make a different kind of film. You'll always have the kind of maybe younger stuff where they're saying something else. Um, mm. But it's nice that kind of when they kind of get a bit older, they can make maybe something a bit different. Aye, definitely. So when we decided to do this for films and swear, was this your first time getting to watch the film, or you seen it before and you just had to revisit it again for this? occasion no man I, I was i was definitely it was something that was on my radar that i'd kind of that was kind of l- l- like you read i'd heard about it a couple of times i'd forgotten about it um and it kind of popped up and then when you mentioned about it, i was thinking oh yeah i need to i need to see that uh, that's on the old checklist mm-hmm. but i hadn't seen the white storm yet which i do want to see um and i think the last one i'd seen before that was obviously shaolin uh mm. in 2011 so I definitely need to kind of catch up a bit with Benny's filmography. Thought perfect chance to kind of jump on it and check. It. It's on Netflix. You know, everyone's got a. As fans of Hong Kong cinema, I think you know as much as as difficult it is sometimes these days with the amount of. You know, I don't want to say shit, but let's say mm. stuff that's not so great. Stuff that's you know a bit mainland influenced and Aye. kind of a bit you know PG and a bit toned down and lacks a bit of heart um you know how difficult it is sometimes to still follow that and still support that i think if something pops up like this on netflix you you got no fucking excuse as a hong kong film fan mm-hmm. not to jump on it and, and support it and you know if enough people watch it i definitely i know you know that the netflix for sure would see that and notice that and you know hopefully we get more in the future i, I... Would think so yeah man it was just it was just you know perfect chance i think the stars aligned uh it was a perfect chance to mm-hmm. catch up with uh with benny and, and see what see what he's doing lately mm-hmm. now as you're saying we're talking about eddie peng's introduction in that tea house uh fight scene what did like 
at first, the first sort of reaction that came to me was it was bringing up memories of like Stephen Chow and Kung Fu Hustle with the wire work. Yeah. It wasn't oh, yeah. uh, over the top, but it was done with like sort of like a smooth uh, yeah. action to it, like just how uh, like Eddie Peng was throwing guys around and grabbing them by the feet and just throwing as if they were weightless, as if there mm. was like no gravity, and he was just fucking throwing people around and then chucking them out of the tea house and just having like it was a mixture of wire work and some fucking pure stunt boys taking some proper hard landings yeah man that's what I was I think the action throughout it's like a mix between the classic Samo stuff the kind mm-hmm. of wham bam stuff um, and the falls and the hits um, but also somewhere in between that and kind of maybe Iron Monkey mm-hmm. like maybe I'd say the wire work to the 10th degree like kind of the flying around and the you know the parkour the assisted parkour and mm-hmm. the you know kind of doing these incredible feats with props and spinning around and, you know, semi kind of flying through the air. Mm-hmm. It got, I think it got a bit dafter as the film progressed. Yeah. But there was, Aye. there was that decent balance between the grounded stuff and the wildwork system stuff. It, it gets a bit silly towards the back end, but mm-hmm. especially that first fight, I think it really kind of puts you into the film and goes, you know, maybe uh, Eddie Peng's worth watching. Because, I, I mean, I, I don't really rate the guy before that, to be honest. He's, he's got a presence. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe I think it was, again, like maturing a bit into his face and his looks and his, his kind of personality, uh-huh. his on-screen personality. Because... Here, I think he's 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 really fun, like really likable mm-hmm. guy, and uh, really I feel good like support maybe one of those uh, like sorry career defining roles. Because when I looked at his filmography before it, I'd it, say so, man. Yeah, it wasn't really like any big like not like any Johnny Toe or Andrew Lau. Yeah. There wasn't uh, like oh Christ, he's the guy for that film. Fuck, how did I know see it was him? But yeah, now like he's been on the. He's kind of, well, he's jumped onto the Great Wall with Matt Damon as well, hasn't he? Yeah, of course, of course. It seems like he's he's kind of was maybe skirting, you know, around, you know, around for a bit kind of on the on the surface a bit rather than these kind of main juicy roles. He's been here mm. and there showing up in things that I've seen him in, um, but never really made a massive impression on me. But I think with this film, it was a really good meaty role uh, and a real good showcase for his talents and you know mm-hmm. the dude looked like he could kick some ass i know a lot of it was war assisted but you got to be you know healthy and you got to be fit to, to do that stuff you know yeah. it's demanding so he definitely showed that he's got the action chops and interested to see what else you know the guy can uh can do all right definitely now when you're talking about some fucking ass kicking action there uh let's cut back to sheriff yang when he first when we get to first see that well, why he's the the fucking sheriff of this town? Like the coolie for Kung Fu Hustle shows up. They're more like these underground triad types. They kind of they cried themselves the Axe Gang, but it sounded as if mm. they were hired by basically the rich boy in town to protect the town. Sheriff Yang is like, no, we're the authority here. And then you get to see like his weapon of choice is this whip. Yeah, he gets he gets Indiana Jones on their ass um, quite a few times. Um, there's yeah, there's a scene. Are you talking about a scene on the bridge? Um, no, that that is the second time. But there is a yeah. shot where it's I, I, I've neglected to, to look up his name, but it is he's the coolie from Kung Fu Hustle, and he shows up. He's got a couple of boys with him saying we're the new security in town. We've been hired to more or less protect Boss Liu. Yeah, and he yeah. would say, no, <laughs> we're the authority. And, of course, he he gets, he gets avoids, like, more or less all of his style. He throws a few punches and Lao Ching Wan just dodges each blow. Which makes me think, have we actually seen Lao Ching Wan do Kung Fu before in film? Not for a few years, um, I would think. I'm trying to think of the last time that he was in a, a martial arts. It must have been in the 90s, dude. Everyone was in a, uh, you know... Uh, a wuxia film in the 90s you know mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody was um kung fu fighting know, when that came back when that came back in fashion uh, yeah just i'm definitely not reading through his filmography now i'm thinking in my head uh, <laughs> scrolling 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 
<laughs> to be honest, I don't think I've ever. I don't think he might have ever stepped foot in a kung fu film as an actual kung fu fighter. I've just always Come seen on. him in these modern day crime films or dramas. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of bread and butter, really, isn't mm-hmm. it? It was kind of his dramas, and and I was jumping onto. You know, uh, with Johnny Toe, um, with Milky Way in the late nineties, and I think that was kind of really found his, uh, you know, his niche really in terms of what he was fantastic at. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm sure, yeah, there was something. I'm sure I've seen him in something uh, uh, that was period set. Maybe not, you know, lead throwing around, flying around the sky, you know, drop kicking mm-hmm. people. Exactly. Uh, but I think you know. Dude, he's a Hong Kong actor. He definitely was in, you know, a movie <laughs> film back in the 90s at some point. Some point. Well, that's it. Like, I think there's trivia notes saying that, obviously, with him being given a whip, he's, he had to go through the process that all actors do where they do an intensive training to more or less become the master of the whip. But Oh, yeah. I, I would yeah, imagine... He dominate his course for, like, three weeks. So, yeah. <laughs> Some he naughty said, cunts got he said punished. It was tough, but the tough, but the money was fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, ah, I don't want to do the trainers. Like, ah, it's fine. We'll just CGI in the whip. Nobody will notice. No, I'm glad. It, I think there's a few moments where it's CGI. Yes, there seems to be like a last win moment. Yeah, but most of it, like with him kind of fighting with it. Um, ah, that that seems know, all pretty real, so. legit. Yeah. Now let's get to the most despicable cunt in this film. <laughs> uh, character name Kao Shaolun, aka the man with the golden gun, Lewis Ku. I was going to say yes, Scaramanga himself, who is killing people aimlessly like a fucking twelve-year-old in Call of Duty. Like <laughs> he just wanders into town and just starts trolling people. Just teabagging people, berating people's mothers. It's just, Aye, like, it's... comes up with the fucking rules. Is it right? I'll no. bet this boy doesn't put any scallops in my soup. If he does, you're dead. Right enough, you got beef. Ah, fuck, I do like beef. You're dead, regardless. Here, is that kid sleeping over there? You're dead too. <laughs> what about you, <laughs> mister? Aye, you're dead. It's like, Man, he took wow. no prisoners there. Mm-hmm. He took no prisoners. I know. And... Yeah, he's a uh, loose cool, man, like... Lewis Q, more like Lewis Cannon. Versatile actor. Oh, drops the mic. <laughs> I'm just gonna walk away. I heard it then. I heard the bang. I can <laughs> open a tin of juice. Uh, yeah. Celebrate my victory. I'm just Stone Cold Steve Austin. A couple of tins of Iron Brew. <laughs> now that I'm back after celebrating my my punful victory, um, but I right, this is where the story really does get interesting. <laughs> Like, he's yeah. aimlessly killed his cunts. Uh, yeah, he's Sheriff Yang mm-hmm, has done his part as the fucking law and arrested him, put him in the cells. And it's just there where they've realised they've kind of made... Uh, it's not a huge mistake. Like, they're carrying out the justice, but it's just the wrong cunt they've put in these cells. Easily, mm. like, only second to his father... Like one of the most powerfulest yeah. men in this war that's going on. Yeah, he's he's got a real like he's evil, but like he's cartoonish in part. Yeah, at like some points, but really, it's kind of this this smoldering kind of you know he, he doesn't display the evil yet. It's just there. You see little bursts of it, but you're thinking, oh, I wonder what this guy's gonna do. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's sitting in his cage and you're thinking, I don't quite know what's gonna happen. How this is gonna play out because. There's something going on in this geezer's head that, <laughs> you know, he's, he's clearly he's a bit tapped. So like there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what makes the film interesting. Well, it's not just a straightforward kind of action film. This guy goes here. This person, is, you know, this person's kidnapped. This person needs rescue, and it's more kind of, yeah, as I say it's a bit political and a bit kind of mind games in mm-hmm. terms of you know the sides and what's going to happen and a bit strategic, which is which is interesting. And then obviously that brings up the. Um, the story point with Eddie Peng's character, um, obviously him being in the, I think is it the army or? Ah, he was in some sort of service. Uh, some kind of service. Mm-hmm. Um, Between him and Wu Jing. With Jackie Wu's character. Yeah, because that's yeah, it. Wu um, Jing is more or less, sounds like he was in charge of Lewis Ku's character, but he managed like a fucking 
teenager, he snuck away and went and done something stupid and got himself in trouble. And Wu Jing yeah, shows yeah. up to try and smooth it out, but he's in jail now. And he just leaves them with the fucking demand that if he's not released by morning, half your villagers will fucking die. Yeah, man. And with and also with Wu and uh, Eddie Peng's character, it's almost like they kind of took different routes. And obviously, Wu kind of went the more army man kind of, you know, straight-laced mm. kind of guy. Exactly. Uh, and I see Peng's character was more kind of a... Had, you know, a, a, free, a, a free spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, had a conscience. It was a bit more free spirit and, and kind of didn't want to get involved in the, you know, the politics of that. So it was an interesting angle. I felt like that could have been a bit more, there could have been a bit more focused on, but obviously the film with, you know, being two hours, it's, there's only so much you can get in there without it starting to drag. So I think yeah. they did the wise decision of boiling it down to a few scenes um, and obviously a decent little climax with that towards the back end. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that was wise. But yeah, I would like to see more about it. But it was it was good what was there. That's one of my, they just made the kind of characters a bit more interesting because the the one problem I had was um, I think the supporting characters it was a bit I don't know not not fleshed out enough. Like there's that mm-hmm. really cool I think Latin ones who plays I think Keenan um, yeah. from Keenan and Kel exactly um, he, he plays <laughs> he plays <Orange> Soda. <laughs> Yeah, he was he was having a few iron brews on set. That's um and uh yeah, he, he kind of his team that he's got as a sheriff, I think they weren't fleshed out enough because I think they do some cool shit like in the middle, there's a really cool fight scene. Um, like, and got some good like the night rescue. End. Yeah, man, and there's some good stuff towards the back end where there's like that parkour, like there's mm-hmm. people like flying about and there's like a kind of stealth mission going in to try and get into the like get back into the town. And I think oh, it's, I like, it's a shame brilliant. the characters mm-hmm. weren't fleshed out enough. To be honest, I think they all could have been given individual strengths and personality. Uh, like, it was a bit fleshed it, out. So it's end, I thinking, yeah, I was like, who's this? Like at the end, like this cool shit going on, but I couldn't keep track of it. I was like, who are these guys? Like, what's going on here? Like, what's what's, what's going down? Mm-hmm. And I obviously realised, oh, it's you know, it's it's part of the yeah, the militia. It's part of the. Because that's the sheriff's posse. Um, I was trying to were. think out of the boys there. I think Timmy Hung was maybe the lead of that group. Was it Timmy Hung? I think so. Well, I wasn't sure at first, but then when I was going through the credits, uh, I think I was on a Hong Kong movie database, and they listed him as one of the actors in the film. And right enough, I think he was like more or less the lead guy in the militia, uh, second to Lao Ching Wan's character. Where he comes in and eventually takes a bullet to the shoulder oh, and yeah, it's one of Samo's sons. I don't know who yeah. it is because he's quite you know his, his face, but it's one of it's definitely one of uh, Samo's kin, like like oh, that. Right. But it's a shame, it's a shame that he doesn't really get. He gets some good like action moments, but it's a shame he doesn't really get fleshed out like mm-hmm. a lot within the within the kind of team itself. Like it seemed like everyone was a bit generic there, so oh, yeah, right. a bit of a shame. But it got some good. Um, a chance to shine in terms of you know the action scenes so and one of the other action scenes we got was that a that, uh, that bridge scene where you had uh, a yeah. Lao Ching Wan and I think it was Dick Liu who mm. was like one of his friends but again it's sort of like he'd been propositioned by by that brown nose and shite bag Mr. Liu like <laughs> the big round rich boy that was hiring the mob to protect him and which more or less leads yeah. them to like a, a trap where they get cornered at both ends of the bridge and then all this bamboo shoots up out of the water that basically turns this bridge into like a Punjabi prison match from like the <laughs> WWE <laughs> fucking back in maybe 2009. Mm. And I was like, okay, this Definitely, is different. Mate, that's exa- it's exactly what I thought, that obscure reference. <laughs> exactly what I thought. To that, that precise year. Like fucking Hell in the Cell match. Mm. It's like that, that must mean quite a lot of maintenance that day. Like they must have got quite a few boys just to sit and tell her all this bamboo together and say, right, no, spring load it and set it in the water and just wait for my cue. <laughs> it looked like a massive version of uh, Screwball Scrabble, like, like a, a live action. Like a, but with fire. Mm-hmm. They must have the airport over and say, lads, can you just recreate this, but, you know, times 1,000? They must go, yeah, okay, we can do that. We can do that, yeah. Do you mm-hmm. want any of the marbles? No, I forget the marbles. Just I'm talking about, you know, the actual mm-hmm. base, spikes, you know, the dodgy uh, boards, you, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. 
so that was it, man. I think it was good that they're taking they're taking inspiration from such you know artistic places, mm-hmm. <laughs> staples of the childhood. But <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> it was. It got Coming to the back. point where they they killed uh, poor Dicky, and yeah, Dicky got taken. Because I said they're sitting fighting. They've got their their spears and they're they're pissing about with fire. So the spears are on fire. Then the fucking. Uh, Lao Ching Wan's character, Sheriff Yang, like, more or less, he says, well, he's fighting with fire as well, so his fucking whip goes on fire at one point, or starts getting fucking heated up with the coals, and more or less, it's a fucking, an eye for an eye, after Dick gets killed, he fucking wraps the whip around uh, the coolie for Kung Fu Hustle, and more or less snaps his neck. Oh, yeah, Jing Jing Yu, I think it is. Ah, that's it, that's it. And then, yeah, man, he fucking lands on his neck. It, it's absolutely gross. Like, like it's, I've never really seen it in a film before. The guy actually lands, but he lands with his, like, head tucked in. Ah, like, he's somehow <laughs> lands. Like, like, he's bombing. Like, he's, he's bombing folded. off the top board. And he's just, like, boom. So it falls like a deck chair. It's like, ah. Oh. I literally cringe. I was like, oh. It's, like, horrible. Amazing at the same time. Awesome. There's a lot of unique stuff. Like, that's a good thing. I think it's hard these days to make action cinema that, Aye. you know, even... One or two, three, a handful of moments are unique, but I think with this, there were definitely some moments. And, you know, leave it to Samo to, you know, mm-hmm. come with something, that, you know, at this point in his career, at this day and age, something that's unique and is going to be refreshing. And there was a lot, there's like a handful of things in here where I thought, I've never seen that before, or if I have, you know, I don't see it very often. Mm. Um, there's a couple of things I was thinking, that's, that's, you know, that's really cool, that's unique. Equal to the film's action is like the, the fucking, the drama like the commotion in the town, like when people get fucked up. the the townspeople are fucking pleading with Yang to just like go and just let him out, just please. And it's like some old cunts getting on his knees saying, ah, "I've got generations, <laughs> my family, I don't want them to die. Go on, please, just let them out." And obviously, slating the elderly, it's what we do best. Aye, and like some women's like, "My kids are young, I want to see them grow up." And he he does like the mic drop essentially, where he says, "Right." More or less, he just decides to resign and leave the authority yeah. to the townspeople. Yeah. Which is like, in that situation, that's a ballsy move to do. Where it's like, fuck it, use decide. Then it's no, I'm not releasing him. I'm like, this country yes. should pay for his crimes, but if you want it, fuck like it. hanging on to his morals. Exactly. Like hanging on to his morals. I'll disband the militia, and like whatever happens, it's your fate. I'm gonna just fucking pack up that picture that my daughter drew, which seems to be our only possession, get another <laughs> missus and fuck off out of town. <laughs> which I think most of us were done in that situation, to be honest. But obviously, you know, Keenan, you know, and, and, and being the schemer that he is, and, you know, he loves making schemes and making plans and getting his friend Kel in trouble. <laughs> obviously, he thought... <laughs> Another, let's let's do another crazy scheme. Let's let's whiz back into town. Let's you know let's fuck you up. Let's Aye. take out uh, Louis Koo, who played I think Chow 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 Lun. Uh, let's let's take him out. Like, forget mm. this. You know I'm not sheriff anymore, but I still got my balls. Because <laughs> that's it, that, like, the like, next you know, morning. So I I commend that mm-hmm. when all the fucking townspeople go run into the cell to let Louis Koo's character out. And it's Boss Lou, like, the big rich boy with the silk shirts and the, the the cap. And it's how he fucking embraces the bars of the cell and puts his head between them, like, just this offy brown nose look to him, where it's like, oh, junior commandant, like, it's, we're here to let you go. We are in charge of the authority now. And he's, there seems to be, like, this real personal thing, like, yeah. like, Kyle Shalon's got, like, he doesn't want to be let out of the prison by the townspeople. He wants Yang to do it because Yang's the cunt that arrested him. Like, it seems to be this proper personal grudge. He wants to see him stripped of his power and admit defeat. He basically wants to shame this boy in front of his town. Yeah, he's he's a. This one, he's a loose cannon. I think that's that's what's good about film is that he's got that evil streak. Like, he doesn't think before he does stuff, and that makes him volatile i think that's what makes a lot of moments in the film where he just does stuff like kills people quite mm. shocking because it's just so random i think that's what makes him scary and obviously 
we just need to talk about Lewis Koo for a second because the dude again, like you know, the guy's coming on leaps and bounds. Like you know, he first started, you know, acting in what like the early nineties, and mm-hmm. and you know, he made some. He was in some good films, but really, like the last 10, 15 years or so, the the range that he's got um, mm-hmm. from playing these kind of really you know slimy fuckers um in, in films like this um from playing more quiet characters and stuff like accident um uh, you know more uh, kind of timid quiet characters but still kind of with an edge with a streak um same with like his election films election yeah that was i think that was the first film that i maybe saw him in that i was thinking this dude is is good even though in the first election he was never really in the foreground but it was when he sort of steps out of the shadows in that sequel. Yeah. And, yeah, man. like, sure, he might have not been one of, like, the prominent faces when you had, like, your Inferno Affairs boom back then, mm. but he's really sort of stepped in as this huge, huge fucking character in Hong Kong cinema now. Like, he is... Yeah, man. I mean, he's been... And I think he's been A-list. in... Pretty much, like... I agree, man. Yeah, I would say you know, everything that's been big and popular the last few years, but most of the stuff that's been big and popular in the last few years, he's been in. Like, mm-hmm. he's he's been there. Like, he, you know, he, he's kind of been there acting, working, and managed to make these kind of, these, well, being these big, big, big films and just keep getting better and better. And I think it was maybe, like, Throwdown on a really shitty VCD. Ah, oh, fucking love Throwdown. Like, saw... The talent, like I saw, like I was watching, I was thinking, yeah, yeah, this is good. And I think I saw election after that. As you mm. say, he's a bit more in the background, but he's still making shit happen. And then the more it comes to the forefront, and it's like, yeah, this guy's, you know, this guy's getting somewhere. You know, this guy's got talent. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the next day when he is like eventually released, and Yang hands himself up. Like he tries to do like one last wager with them tries to offer himself in, in mm. place of the townspeople. And it's, it's more or less, it, that's, it's nothing to, to Lewis Ku's character. More or less, does I, right, I sure will take you. Cut to the next scene and all his men's just fucking shooting the villagers, tearing their possessions <laughs> yeah. away. Oh, and, is this so brutal? Like, I, you have to laugh because of how brutal. I was thinking, jeez, like, it's just so brutal. Like, it's ridiculous. But mm-hmm. it really says, the finale well like if you don't hate this character enough already like you know the last half an hour so will make you hate him even more I know so I think it, it was wise like showing all that kind of fucking massacre that was that was happening towards the back end like I think it was a wise move because it really sets up the finale well mm-hmm. it's, it's when he's sitting down to dinner with like Boss Liu and all the other guys <laughs> oh, that seems really good yeah, and really, really good. just fucking out of nowhere like Okay, fair enough. If he used his golden gun and shot those three boys, right, that's fine. But no, that he's he himself is fucking tired of all the brown nosing he gets. And he just takes the fucking chicken leg that's in his hand and just fucking punches him in the chest about six or seven times. And it's so fucking graphic. And the the thick dark blood that's trickling out of that boy's mouth. Is he's fucked? Like he, it's just like gurgling blood. Like that was his final moments. Oh, they man. couldn't there's fucking process. There's a lot of blood. Thought, Aye. And then he's man, there's a lot the... of blood and liquid and mm. stuff coming out. Like, there's a scene at the beginning where that dude looks like he, he literally looks like he's pissing out of his mouth. That first fight scene. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, Peng's. I think he either kicks him or punches him, and he's literally just like streaming piss out of his <laughs> mouth. And that's when, I, that's when I thought, I think this is going to be uh, a bit more graphic than uh, the rest of Benny's filmography. Yeah, aye. And it is just when like, he started shouting at the boys at the dinner table, like, go on then, eat your food. And he starts eating the foods. Oh, how could you eat food? And he just starts shooting them all. He's like, what is going on? This boy is reckless. Crazy, man. Yeah, really. Like, he's a proper loose cannon. That's, mm-hmm. I think that's what makes it, like, good. That he's just so wild. You just don't know what's going to happen. Aye. And it really gets to that point there where, obviously, Sheriff Yang is being held captive. He sent the wife and the kid away. And the same with Eddie Peng. He's taken... The, the class of orphans, and the militias disbanded, and this is where you, I felt you get the real Western moment where everyone's on their horses, 
and they all kind mm. of have the moments that we need to go back. We need to go back and fucking save the sheriff. Yeah. So proper no. magnificent seven, like looking, um, wasn't it? Like, I got kind of images of that when I saw that. that yeah, that scene when they're on the hill, and they're thinking, "Yeah, we got to go back now." Um, mm-hmm. Got real flashbacks to that, which was a nice little touch. Aye, and it is. It's a fucking beautiful moment just to see them all going back on their horses and they're all galloping towards the town. Is it like Puchang or something? This village is called. But it yeah. does. It, it does have like that. As you 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 fucking nailed it there. Magnificent seven moment where, like, they need these people to defend the town. That one man hanging upside down, getting fucking dunked in wine. <laughs> Like, so he must have been hammered. I don't know again, how he, like, uh, he was being tortured afterwards. or really enjoying himself, you decide. <laughs> yeah. I, so. I thought it was a way out the old uh, Drunken Master style, like towards the back end. Now, that would have been cool. Drunken Whip style. That would have been all right. That sounds like a uh, Saturday night I had uh, a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Drunken Whip. Oh, I couldn't have said it for a week, so it was fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cheeks were a bit uh, rosy red after that one. Yeah. Fucking hot cross bun. graphic man but yeah it's it's as you said like when the militia kind of sneak back into the town and they come up with this perfect plan to fucking more or less poison the wine to give the the, the soldiers the shits and it's it's a fucking genius plan because it draws all the enemy to one location just for them to throw a, a fucking handful of dynamite over the wall and take the boys out in mass because it's really good. Some of those scenes, it looks really like close up, like a lot of explosions too. Mm. Like the camera's really like because obviously with being, I think it's a, bit, it's a shot from in the cubicle, so it's really tight focus. Cameras in there, dudes in there. I don't know whether it was a dummy or not. It looked like the guy was was moving a tiny bit, mm-hmm. um, and it just goes off his face like boom, boom, boom. Because I think it's shot, you it, shot digitally. Like a lot of it looks. Like realistic, just like documentary footage. Mm-hmm. Like it's really weird. Like sometimes I think it, it looked like a film, and at other times it literally looked like a documentary. Like this, this really crystal clear, you know, beautiful cinematography and shit just exploding. Like uh, <laughs> shit just I, going off, and people just getting destroyed in there. Mm-hmm. Crazy. And then you had uh, Eddie Peng's character Ma Feng showing up at the gates. Like saying, "Oh no, I just need to talk to the leader. I'm not. I've not got any weapons. It's cool. It's cool." I've, I've... That was a bit of a shit. That was a bit of a shit plan. Like, let's let's <laughs> put that out there. Like, uh, that was kind of terrible. It was like, you know, I was thinking there's got to be some kind of interesting thing. He's going to pull the wool over their eyes. He's going to be. Oh, he's, I think he's, he's going to get a little bit further before he stabs them in the back. Yeah. He was just kind of freestyling it. He was like, I think he was just hoping for the best. He's like, we're going to get in there. I'm like, no, I don't know. Okay, I'm in. I'm going to do the, I've got a parcel. Hey, you boy, where's my parcel? I gave you a parcel. What parcel? You're the parcel. (laughs) Only Lewis Q can sign for it, honestly. No, I'm not leaving it with the neighbour. It's got to be the Q man. He has to sign for it. I don't see any wheelie bins around here. I ain't leaving it in a wheelie bin. (laughs) I don't see any gates I can throw it over and fucking destroy everything. Mm Mm-hmm inside so it's got to be low it's got to be something for it <laughs> but when he frees them and he says them, he's like, okay this was my gift to you like karma points everything's cool well okay you've killed that's this cool. fucking dude yeah, so you're fucked but <laughs> this is when you get your uh, Wu Jing uh, Eddie Peng fight sequence now do they go over the top with this one a bit uh, a little bit, a tiny bit. It does. It a starts lot. off really well. <laughs> a lot, really, yeah. Aye, but it, it's, it's when they get to the pots. pots. Out, I think uh, it kind of lost a bit. Aye. Yeah, it was the pots. And, and you know, let's say like you know, I think Wu Jing like um the first fight scene he shows up in, he's such a physical presence. Like guy shows up, you know, it's going to be amazing. Um, I think it's when he first rides into town. Uh, it's only like a little. Scrap. It's just the speed, mm-hmm. the ferociousness, but he's so calm while he's doing it. It's like exactly. this guy is he's ruthless. Like he's got skills to pay the bills, and it's like amazing. And you're kind of waiting for it to kick off and thinking, yeah, this is gonna be good. And like you're waiting, waiting, waiting. You want to kind of, uh, you know, show show some more. And then gets the fight scene, thinking it's on. And then yeah, it just I think the film drops the ball a bit. Like with the last fight scene, it just it does, does get a bit reckless. It looks a bit messy. I mean, do you know what I think it cuts down to is I think. The choreography was on point. It's just 
some of it was shot a bit too close and cut a bit too fast. Mm-hmm. And then some of the wire stuff gets a bit... A little bit carried away. I mean, some stuff looks a bit messy, to be honest. Like, I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit goofy. Like, some of it is, mm-hmm. I think. It's a bit... They do have sort of these, these first... Not first-person uh, perspectives, but it's as if they're looking straight into the camera for maybe like a yeah. 3D effect... Like, yeah, man. Like yeah, exactly, exactly. Kind of a pot being a bit, thrown towards you, and then poor yeah. Wu Jing has to react by being hit by a digital pot. He's like, oh, oh no, I've been hit. Ah, oh, and he's flailing yeah, around, like... and I'm pretty sure Eddie Penn could have got his foot out of that cot pot. Like, oh no, my foot's stuck. I'm, I, I don't think I could get out of this avalanche of pottery that's coming my way. And he had enough time to get his own feet out, get a pole out, hook him out, get himself fucking caught in it. And this avalanche has still not reached him. And then just gets skelped in the past of a pot. He's a speedy boy, man. Like, he's a speedy boy. I think it's just... Yeah, I think because I say like some of the th- it almost looks like it's going for three D effect, but it's like quite blurred and quite weird looking. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can I, I rewind um around some of the stuff, and I was like thinking, let me look at that again. I said, like, yeah, it's a bit weird. I can't quite tell what's what's going on there, but something seems a bit off. Mm-hmm. And I think again, it yourself, they don't they do quite a lot of quick filming. takes. Yeah, I think I think part of it again is filming in digital, and I think. For me personally, I think it's like it's harder for your eye to follow digital sometimes mm-hmm. than film. The grain acts as a buffer to the action, and you kind of can tell what's going on. And and it, you know, obviously, action was filmed a bit slower, um, you know, more direct, um, and a lot more going on um, for each take. Then like back in the day, so you can see it quite clearly. I think now mm-hmm. again, like we, we've talked about it loads of times that. Yeah, I mean, the action's a bit too quick cut. You know, it's too close. You can't really tell what's going on. It's filmed differently these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, part of that was the filming on digital as well, in that it was hard to follow because it, sometimes it looks so photorealistic that it was like, what's going on here? Like, it, it's like looking at live action. It can confuse, confuse oh, your brain a bit. So I don't think it was... It was partly down to the choreography and partly down to, you know the CGI parts, but I think, you know, part of it was kind of just down to the fact that they, the way they filmed it um, and the medium they chose to film on. So I can't really dock it points for that because that's kind of where we're going these days. Uh, mm-hmm. um, well, that's it. And that's the way it is. But I, I think, think it comes down to the difference between the, the idea and the execution. Like yeah. I could imagine yeah. maybe they like Sam or the choreographer and like the director having a few drinks and they're working out how this film finishes. And it's like, all right, these boys are fighting. And then they end up at the back of this, this where all they keep all the wine jars. And they're fighting on top of that. But they're smashing the pots as they go. Unbeknownst to them that they're causing a mini avalanche. And the heroic bloodshed moment as he's trying to get his pal out. They've become friends again. But he gets buried in the pots. And his last fucking, like, he shows compassion in his final move. And so, right... They get to the set the next day. He's like, "How the fuck are we gonna make that happen?" <laughs> right, I go and fire up that laptop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got all these outrageous sketches from the night before that's like, covered in like whiskey, and they're mm-hmm. just thinking, ah, "How are we gonna do this? Like, what, were we, what were we doing last night?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> and <I> then <laughs> it really comes down to like uh, Louis Ku and Lao Ching Wan. Like, when they're trying to have a fight and Lewis Koo's just running, loading up his fucking golden golden gun, fucking managing the fire of the... Like, everyone is diving in front of Lao Ching Wan. Like, his wife takes a bullet for him. I'm pretty sure Timmy Hung dives, takes a couple bullets for him. Everybody, everybody takes a bullet. I'll take a bullet for, <laughs> for him, a bit honestly. of Lao Ching Wan. Anytime. A little bit of Lao, a little bit of Lao. <laughs> And he does like that moment where he just closes his eyes and holds the sword, and he could sense the moment coming. Dude, that's, that's awesome, that as well. Uh, that's like really awesome. A fucking he feels the force and just fucking <laughs> spins, gets the bullet, and it's a moment that just turned me right back to like once upon a time in China. Like sure, yeah. right enough, uh, Lao Ching Wan batters the sword over his head to fire the bullet back. And Jet Li 
picks up a bullet and flicks it. But it, it's it, it, it's kind of a similar concept. But I'm glad it didn't finish here. Like, right enough. Hitting the sword off of your head, causing the ricochet to fire the bullet back and hit uh, Louis Koo in the head. I'm glad it didn't, like, yeah. fucking fire out the other end of his skull. Yeah, because that would be cool. a little bit much, but just for the point where yeah, it right, em- embedded it into his forehead was a nice touch. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. I think it was good because it was such a strange... It's something you don't see, like this dude with a bullet hole in his forehead, but still alive, talking... Laughing. You know, fighting on. Like, it was just kind of a strange and unique image. So I think I think that was really cool. But yeah, that's it. That was cool. But as well as moments in the film where I was just like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's cool. That's pretty cool. He does like <laughs> yeah. he does so fucking much just trying to kill Lewis Ku's character. Like he grab does he know like do like a driving shoulder, drives him through the fucking door <laughs> into it and throws him off like the first floor of the the building and he yeah, just rolls he down the roof, it. hits the grunts, yeah, yeah. and he just starts laughing, talking about how they can he was saying some shit about even the gods don't want me dead or no matter how bad you want it, like take a licking and just keep on ticking, <laughs> and then the bloodthirsty <laughs> villagers show up. Yeah, yeah, because that's I think that was a, I think that's a perfect end for his character as well. I think it, you know, yeah, it could have ended, um, you know, with Lau kicking his ass, but I think it was it was it was right and it fit the story with the villagers coming out just to kind of you know fuck him up because really it's their town and um, mm-hmm. you know. They defended it. Um, I, I, you know, it was like a team. It was a team effort all around. You know, it was a good hustle. So, like some some old cunt with gardening tool hits him in the ass and says, like, "Oh, yeah. do, do you care who my dad is?" And then some other cunt <laughs> who's got he the just fucking he was on his grass. That's all. Aye, he's got the wee <laughs> garden saw garden. hits him in the back. Says, Aye, that that really that, that could actually cause some damage. Do you care who my dad is? And then about 30 <laughs> folk where the rakes and hoes come out and just fucking chop them up. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, uh, man, it's, a, it's a fitting ending. It's a, definitely a fitting ending to, uh, mm-hmm. to proceeding. So, yeah, it was good, man. Aye, and it's funny because when you see all the militia, uh, Yang's wife and Ma Feng on the hill... Uh, before they, they trot back to town and we get like that image of the Magnificent Seven... I was really expecting similarities to be quite similar. I was expecting these boys to start dropping dead. But by the end of it, like when all Kung Fu films, they all sit down in like the fucking the, the porch of the building and it's usually bodies are lying there. And he comes like, wait, every cunt survived in this film. Like the Magnificent Seven <laughs> is intact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, I think. I, I... It was good that he went with the kind of you know Hollywood ending. I think mm-hmm. it was a bit. It's a Benytown film after all. You know, it's a big popcorn action film, and it gets darker moments, and people do get off, and people get killed unexpectedly. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was glad because I think the overall vibe with the silliness at the end, it was like with all that kind of silliness that went on the back end with the parts, and then I think if everybody had died, you'd be just thinking, well. That was shit. But, <laughs> but the fact, you know, it ends, kind of, you get the Hollywood ending, it's just like, yeah, you know, that was fun. That was a good time. I'll forgive the pots. Exactly. <laughs> the pots, the pots, the, the, uh, the apricots, um, the pots <laughs> are fully forgiven. Uh, I would have loved it if it cut back to the shot and it's still just my thing digging through all the pots saying, I swear <laughs> we're jigs in here somewhere. I'm coming for you, buddy. Hold on. <laughs> Uh, it was a good concept though it was just the execution of it aye you know and it's like I'm thinking how would you not you know how would you do it without CGI so it's like I can't really dock it points because I can't think of any way you could do it physically on a on a smaller scale than that but the scale yeah. that that's on with the avalanche like it'd be completely impossible to do it you know physically or it would take up a lot of the budget and time to do it physically so yeah i can see what they were going for there mm. man it's, it's unique you know and uh you know i never thought i'd see a pot avalanche in my life but i, I have now i can i can tell one off the list i can die happy man <laughs> <laughs> and that's i don't think we have actually any other notes on this film do you have anything that we maybe missed um i think that's it man i'm looking at my uh Amateur like scribblings uh, down on the page. Yeah, I think that's about it, man. Yeah, I got off, got everything off that I want to say about the film off mm. my chest. So that's it. 
Lao Ching Wan good, uh, a lot lighter now. bad. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what it boils down to. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I wrote in my journal for today. <laughs> mm-hmm. Washed pants, picked up shopping. Lao <laughs> 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 good, Louis bad. So that was it, man. Summation of the day. It was good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm glad we managed to cover all those points. Um... <laughs> it was uh, yeah, it was a good day. Man. It's a good day, like Ice Cube said. Ice Cube was actually talking about that day when he's. I think he fucked up the lyrics a bit because really he was talking about you know clean pants and shopping and Hong Kong cinema. So I think you know the, the verse is about you know cooking mom cooking breakfast and people get shot by AKs. I think <laughs> I, you mean he went off on a tangent really. Didn't mm-hmm. he, like, let's let's <laughs> you know we'll agree with that one. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes down to the money behind this movie, how much do you think it would actually cost to make a film like this? I don't know, but I'm assuming that there was a lot of different production companies on it, judging by the beginning credits and the end credits uh, (laughs) and the (laughs) massive blocks of text. um, uh, You know, I couldn't say, I, I couldn't obviously understand what it was saying, but big massive kind of blocks of text i'm thinking that there was a lot of different producers and a lot of different companies and probably a lot of mainland mm-hmm. um on this one if i'm being honest but you know surprisingly didn't feel like that way which is not something i can say yeah. for a lot of films that come out the last few years so i'll definitely give it that well, I, I, had, I don't know i'm modest 25 million 32 actually 32 million? Yeah. I can see a lot of going on sets and stuff, man, because mm-hmm. I know they use CGI, but the sets were, were amazing, and, and I said a lot of the locations and stuff was really cool, real good throwback to, you know, Aye. almost like Shaw Brothers um, settings, tea houses, and, you know, little shacks and stuff, so I can uh, I, I can see that, man. I can mm-hmm. definitely see that. And when looking into the box office of it, just to see how much money it made back, surprisingly... Okay, I was only able to find the domestic figure, but from the looks of it, it has only pulled in $24 million at this time. No way. So, a little bit under no budget, way. but I feel that's neglecting the foreign market. Like, whether this domestic, yeah. if it was, maybe the information was taken from Box Office Mojo, so, okay, I do think mm, it made $24 million in the United States, but I'd imagine it's probably raked in... More money, hopefully. I think with with distribution um, rights, um, I don't know whether this is getting a release in America, but I'm assuming it is. Ah, yeah, they um, seem to get things it's, a been, lot it's been released. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been released here on, on Blue and DVD. Uh, did it have a theatrical release? Do we know or do you know um, over um, here? Because I, I can't I, remember it. Whether it was very limited, but I can't. I think it remember. might have had a limited, like maybe a, a month or two prior to the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray. Uh, the Blu-ray release <laughs> it might have had maybe yeah. like your selected mm. cinema weekend type of deal yeah yeah kind of like your uh, your preview screenings or something like that aye aye exactly and uh, one of the other things we like to do with this podcast is have a little gander at Amazon's one star reviews of our films Uh <laughs> Because <laughs> you get you get some fucking cracking reviews on Amazon by some <laughs> folks that just didn't understand the concept of what a review is on Amazon, and the majority oh, seem to think man. it's a mandatory thing. But Call of Heroes has gotten off quite light. Out of the ten reviews it's had on Amazon, only it's had zero one star reviews. Disappointing. So Very disappointing. It's only had. And I couldn't let away with that. I had to find something negative about it. So there is a sole uh, two-star review. Uh, and also, <laughs> this is on a scale of five. So I, I've stolen this this review. I have copy and pasted it into a document. Uh, the title of this review is Unoriginal and a Poor Production by... Oh, it's an L on the head there, don't hmm. oh. By Mr. Chow. <laughs> that name again is Mr. Chow. <laughs> uh, um, Mr. Chow's review reads, Really not very good. Totally unoriginal storyline. I might have well watched one of these HK Oldie movies. 
Oh, I hate those oldies, man. Mm. Give me that new shit, son. <laughs> Give me that up-to-date shit, son. The presence of established Hong Kong movie stars did not help at all. Didn't. Louis did Koo was it's terrible. Bad. I would not recommend this film, despite the cast. <laughs> oh, man. Is, so, is that it? Is that all they had to say for himself? Chow. That did, name again is Mr. Chow. That, that name again is Mr. Chow. Um, so, yeah. So when he's not um, delivering Chinese food and plowing driveways, he is reviewing movies on Amazon. (laughs) Oh, Oh, just deep cut with Simpsons references. (laughs) Wow. Okay, wow. I just want to watch The Simpsons now. Anyway, availability. Thankfully, this film is now widely available due to the the Cine Asia revival that we're currently in. From the looks of it, they've already announced their their second release since, well, I was going to say the second coming of Cine Asia since they did die a few years ago. But isn't it the third coming of Hong Kong Legends? Uh, Possibly. (laughs) Technically. (laughs) (laughs) Because wasn't, I think it was maybe just yesterday it was revealed that they are now releasing the Anthony Wong Ip Man The Final Fight. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that's been yeah. set up for a UK release in the following month. I think it's um I'm glad because it, a lot of the films still seem to be in print. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're definitely, you know, they're there and, and they're kind of releasing stuff. I think they've also just slowed down a lot um mm-hmm. since that first initial wave of re-releases. But dude, I remember when it first came out, that was awesome because it was like a lot of the films that I didn't get a chance to get on HKL that, that were like out of print and selling for like 90 pounds on Amazon, yeah. you know, we're just there, re-released, you know, shiny, same new covers, similar covers, but, <laughs> you know, just there, you know, with, with kind of the stuff, all the great stuff that was there from the previous release that you couldn't get, um, you know, there for like five pounds. So I say good on them and uh, exactly. support Hong Kong cinema. And I'll definitely be on the lookout for what they're releasing. Man. I hope they get some, you know, cool shit out. Exactly. Cause I did notice they've also supported a UK cinema release of, I think it was Shockwave with Andy Lau. Mm, uh, I'm not ringing any bells, man, but yeah, possibly. That's cool, mm. though, if they are you're doing theatrical exactly. releases so as well. Hopefully that also leads to like a home release as well, because fucking yeah, Hong yeah. Kong thriller of Andy Lau is something that doesn't crop up often over in the UK. And uh, what's next for films and swearing? Well, on episode one hundred and thirty-seven will be the start of our eighties season, and starting with the year nineteen eighty, we will be reviewing Caddyshack. Cool. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Da, 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 da. I'm I'm mimicking a gopher oh. dancing at this moment. <laughs> you know, this is not visual. Thing, man, it's not. For you know, I know you might like an extra four ninety nine. It can be <laughs> for an extra ten pounds. I'll take my t shirt off. Ooh, Speaking uh, of that, sure, uh, we Snapchat do have a patron page. So if you do want to send us money, uh, it is patreon.com forward slash fas podcast. And for one dollar a month, you are given full access to the extended podcasts, hours upon hours. Of additional content, reviews, and it's chocked full of selfies. Not everything in that list is true. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's it. There is no podcast or reviews. It's just selfies. It's just pictures of me it's doing just, podcasts. If you, <laughs> if you subscribe, you just basically bang shit tons of nudes out to all the subscribers <laughs> week in, week out. That's what you're getting, guys. That's what your hard-earned money is getting. So I, I would jump on shit straight away. For the the cost of a fancy coffee, you could see all yeah. these pictures of my the the tip of my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's uh, any image I didn't think I'd be uh, thinking about on a Friday night, man. You know what I, I mean? I'm it's, going to have to like turn your microphone down because I can just hear you rattling the keyboard and logging on to Patreon <laughs> right now. I'm, I don't want <laughs> the sound of clattering keys, the sound of excitement in your fingers as you're you're hitting the enter button yeah. there. And yeah, yes, it's fine. You can sign up with your Facebook details. And yes, they yeah. PayPal. 
<laughs> so getting access is easier than ever. You see me just whizzing out about my NatWest, like, <laughs> my bank card, like, it's a fucking number on this, quick! <laughs> <laughs> scan the card, scan down. the card. Shit, scan, 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 shit, you are, scan. Uh, so, again... Give me some dick pics, boy! <laughs> <laughs> if you take away the D and replace it with an, an M, plenty of mick pics. Mick, mick, mick pics? Aye. I don't, I don't want to see that, I don't want to see any of that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see any, uh names of people that are Michael and their pictures. I'm a completely anti You don't, you don't want to see pictures uh, of my rig? <laughs> hey, <laughs> I think it's got to that time of the Thank night where we it. need to re- like wind down the podcast. Yeah. It's getting a bit too hot and steamy in here, man. I don't think people can handle it, to be I honest. Know. I think they're... they're, they're Earbuds are melting in their ears, like yeah. as they as they listen. Exactly, it's gonna cost you a dollar more if you want to really find the feel of the heat. Man, I'm expecting my spoke alarm to go off any second. <laughs> start fucking blaring, waking up all the neighbours. So, I right, if it's going to the point where you want to go onto our fucking social media and tell us to cut this shit out, uh, just go to filmsandswearing.com. <laughs> You'll get links to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Amazon, all the shits on there. You don't need to be barraged with hundreds of addresses. Just filmsandswearing.com. Click on the social media yeah, icons and then you can just tell us, like, go and, go and cut what's all that sexual true? tension between you two. <laughs> yeah, what's the address that people can send um, turds in the mail to, Stu? Have you given that, <laughs> given that address? Have you given that one out, have you? Uh, you, you could send virtual turds to filmsandswearing.com. We That's do not one, handle two, three, physical. Scot- Scottish Road, Scotland. <laughs> that name again <laughs> one, is two, Mr. Four, Chow. Scotch Avenue, Scotland, Scotland. <laughs> Aye, Stuart, <laughs> it, the Highlands. <laughs> so, yes. Thank you, man. And as we uh, finish this episode, we need to, as always, send a shout out to Andros for our theme music. Thanks to Stu and our listeners for tuning in and letting us fill your lugs each week. But now is that time of the night for us to pull out. Fuck off and tune in next week. <laughs>